0: For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, and welcome to the latest readout video from our Wednesday Wake Up Newsletter. And obviously, this week our top story is the storm, the one that's been looming since mid-December and then hit ferociously and tenaciously in January, including leaving oil-rich Texas in that cliched warning about reckless energy policy freezing in the dark. But not just Texas. Sweden, Germany, India, Japan, There's been cold weather throughout the Northern Hemisphere. That's half of our supposedly warming globe, including record cold in Canada. And yes, we told you so. We told you cold kills more people than heat. We told you it's crucial to have reliable energy sources and that wind and solar were not reliable, and we told you children would know what snow is, even in Seattle and in the United Kingdom, which broke temperature records going back decades. Here in Canada, Alberta alone set or tied no fewer than 53 all time cold records. If they were record highs, you know what the alarmists would say proof of climate change. But since they're record lows instead, they say nothing, or they call it proof of climate change. Which brings me to an especially troubling point. Science proceeds by testing hypotheses against evidence. But what can you do when people simply deny the evidence or make it up? Like the New York Times, in a positive review of a book called How to Blow Up a Pipeline, raving that, quote, that polar ice caps melt, sea levels rise, hundreds of thousands of species may go extinct, fires rage, hurricanes boil, people continue to suffer and die, end quote. Hurricanes boil? What? And the people dying are dying from deadly winter storms. But it doesn't seem to matter. Journalists prayed of, quote, the accelerating climate change crisis, end quote, that's, quote, getting really dire, end quote. The UN howls about, quote, the devastating consequences of climate change. Rising temperatures are fueling environmental degradation, natural disasters, weather extremes, food and water insecurity, economic disruption, conflict and terrorism. Sea levels are rising, the Arctic is melting, coral reefs are dying, oceans are acidifying and forests are burning. As the infinite cost of climate change reaches irreversible highs, now is the time for bold collective action, end quote. Yeah, starting with a bold editor's pen striking out that business about infinity reaching irreversible heights, and then moving on to passages like, quote, no continent is left untouched, with heat waves, droughts, typhoons, and hurricanes causing mass destruction around the world, end quote. Then there's this story in the Atlantic, shrieking that, quote, up to half of the tropical coral reefs on Earth have died, 10 trillion tons of ice have melted, the ocean has grown 30% more acidic, and global temperatures have spiked, end quote. While global Affairs Canada shrilled that world ends, women and minorities hardest hit. Quote, across the world, climate change is causing extreme and erratic weather. This, in turn, is exacerbating land degradation and desertification, with the most severe impacts affecting people already in situations of poverty and vulnerability, especially women and indigenous people, end quote. Actually, the impact of natural disasters on human beings is far smaller than it used to be. All continents are not reeling. Sea levels aren't rising faster than they were in 1873. Hurricanes are not more frequent or more intense, and nor are wildfires. But it ceased to matter, to these prophets of doom at least. Who also spent months warning us about, quote, world's largest iceberg on collision course with Penguin Colony Island, end quote, only to have iceberg A68A, which incidentally broke off the Antarctic Peninsula three years ago and then didn't melt because it's so hot down there, missed the island after all. Despite which, we're going into hyperspend. Canada's former Environment Minister, who apparently thinks she still has that job, trilled in a perky tweet that, quote, fighting climate change requires trillions in infrastructure investments, end quote. Trillions? Uh, wasn't net zero meant to be low cost and low pain? And beware especially because the other people's money she's keen to spend comes in large part from Canada's major public sector pension plans. I sure hope they don't bet it on green and have it come up red or something. As always, there's lots more in the newsletter, including this factoid about how the pace of current temperature and other changes is unprecedented, even if it happened before and not just once. And an update on the lawfare involving Peter Ridd of James Cook University in Australia, who was fired for being a scientist while on the job. Specifically, he took a second look at dubious research on the rumored impending death of the Great Barrier Reef and we have more of the stuff scientists really say, in this case about the continuing role of the urban heat island effect in distorting key temperature measurements. And yes, it was in a peer-reviewed journal if you set such stock by those. Also, our friends at CO2Science.org found something else with a cool name to report on, namely the bird cherry oat aphid, which is a serious cereal pest that apparently doesn't like rising atmospheric CO2, despite the usual horror story about how warming will kill the food and turn loose the vermin and something with an almost unpronounceable name, Symbiochlorum hainanensis, which turns out to be an algae associated with coral reefs in the South China Sea, that doesn't die in the presence of acidification or warmth. Instead, the stuff flourishes. Wow, it's like evolution, man. So, if you know what snow is, please forward this newsletter to friends and colleagues and encourage them to subscribe. Join us on YouTube and on Rumble, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, comment on our blog, politely, and send us money any way you like. For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson.